You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Lacrosse Boots. The Lacrosse Alpha Burley Pro delivers an athletic and glove-like fit that will hold the foot in place to prevent chafing and rubbing while on the move. Lacrosse Boots, done right since 1897. Welcome to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I am your host, Parker McDonald, and today we are headed to the New Breed Archery Headquarters and talking with Mr. Kyle Knoll, the lead engineer and founder of New Breed Archery. Now, if you're a bow hunter and you have a spinning problem you don't want your wife to know about, skip past this episode because you're going to want to get a New Breed bow very soon. Hope you guys enjoy the show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. Happy Friday. That means it is one Friday closer to deer season. I think I'm actually only four Fridays away from driving my happy butt to Kentucky and hunting some public land there for the the second half of the opening weekend, I guess you could say. I'm leaving on Sunday, and the opener is on Saturday. So I'm leaving Sunday after the opener, and I'm going to be able to hunt. Me and Michael and Tyler are going up to hunt to uh, to some public land in western Kentucky, and I can't think about anything else. It's been really tough for me to concentrate. You ever get those feelings like you're you're there? but you're not there that that's kind of how i feel like right now while i'm at work and while i'm at home like i'm i'm there i'm present and i'm in the moment and i'm getting things i need to get done but somewhere in the back of my mind my wheels are constantly turning thinking about whitetail hunting and uh, i cannot believe that it's almost here I, I feel a little bit behind not totally behind uh part of the reason is because i just didn't fish much this year I usually fish every summer. Uh, I kayak fish a lot, and I think I maybe went out a total of like 10 times, maybe. That's that's being pretty generous. I may have gone less than that, uh, but I just could not stop thinking about whitetails this year and uh, scouting and, and going and checking out new pieces of public land and um, constantly, constantly looking at my Onyx maps, and I know that you guys are the same way. I see it all over social media, people shooting their bows and uh, posting pictures of their topo maps and trying to get pointers on where they think that where other people think that deer are moving through at and and I've, lately I've been seeing some food plots get planted which is pretty cool and I'm starting to see a lot more trail camera pictures that people are uh, are posting up asking how big how old y'all, y'all know the drill you know you know what you see all over social media 
Uh, but it's really cool. It's getting me jacked up. I'm really seeing a, a lot of cool stuff on my Go Wild app. Um, people are starting to get pumped up like I am and starting to post pictures, those trail camera pictures, and uh, getting their stand setups ready. It's something I did this past week. I posted a picture of that on Go Wild as well. Uh, and it's just been really neat to see uh, the community at on the Go Wild app, which if you don't know what Go Wild is, it's just an application which is like Facebook, like Instagram, uh, except it's geared towards the outdoorsman. So if you are a hiker, a fisherman, a deer hunter, basically anything that has to do with the outdoors, you can find something for you on Go Wild. You don't have to follow anybody. You don't have to friend anybody. You don't have to send friend requests, which is awesome. You literally just put a check mark next to the topic that you want to follow. A couple examples are like big game, um, elk hunting, deer hunting, bass fishing, trout fishing, uh, all kinds of stuff. Anything you can think of really is on there. And, and you just put a check mark next to that, and you'll see every picture that gets posted on that thread. Um, and it's just a neat community of people who are like-minded. You're not going to see any negativity um, you're not going to see any of the stuff like that. Um, be on the lookout because we are going to be doing a giveaway with Go Wild coming up very soon. I'm not going to give it away, but it's going to be really, really cool. And I think we're going to actually do it very quickly. So um, within the next month or two, you're going to see us doing a, a giveaway with Go Wild. So stay in the loop. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on social media, um, on Facebook. Uh, now, <laughs> one of the funny things that uh, that has happened with our social media, with our Instagram. I thought it'd be really cool when we started this to do like the whole um, no vowel thing in your name. It was S-T-H-R-N. That's how I spelled it on Instagram to keep it short. But I kept getting people sending me messages on Facebook. Hey, I can't find the Instagram. What's it called again? So I changed it. It's just Southern Ground Hunting, all lowercase, all one word, not spelled goofy. It, it just got to the point where it's like, okay, this isn't cool anymore. This is more annoying. So go find us on there. Um, also, go check out the Sportsman's Nation Instagram and uh, Facebook page. You're going to see everything that gets posted, uh, every podcast that's on the Sportsman's Nation, on big ga- on the Western Big Game feed, and on the Whitetail feed. You're going to see all that stuff come through on the Sportsman's Nation social media. And don't forget, we now have a Sportsman's Nation YouTube channel that you need to go subscribe to. Uh, and that sounded like a demand. I don't mean it to sound like a demand, but I kind of do because I don't think you're going to want to miss some of the cool content that's coming through on there. We're posting right now. We're posting a lot of scouting videos. Uh, I know Dan Johnson of Nine Finger Chronicles, who you all know, I'm sure, is posting some really cool videos on there of his adventures in Iowa and uh, and coming up very soon. Like I said, in just a few a few weeks, we've got. A trip to Kentucky schedule. Now, one of the things that we're doing on there is we're going to do a semi-live uh, YouTube update every single day. You're going to see the previous day's hunt. Now, this <laughs> this could be a bad thing. It could be a great thing. Uh, you may be sharing in the uh, success, in the joy of success that we have out there, or you may be sharing in the grief of defeat <laughs> that we might face there as well. Because we all know whitetail hunting is not guaranteed. No matter how many deer are in the area, um, there's always the chance that they're going to outsmart you or, um, you know, just situations like that happen. But I want you guys to share in this with us. That's why we're doing it. I want I want you guys to um, see the way that we hunt, see the way that we chase these animals. I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, I think you're going to...
going to enjoy this episode, so I'm not going to talk anymore. Uh, let's get to our conversation with Kyle Knoll of New Breed Archery. Okay, welcome to Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I am here with some really rad people, the 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 meat and potatoes of new breed. Actually, let's just say this, the meat and potatoes of the archery world, period. Is that fair? That's fair enough. All right, that's fair. I got Michael Pike here as a co-host. He's here with me. What's up, guys? And I've also got the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Kyle Knoll. How are you doing, man? Good, man. How about y'all? Fantastic. And also on the side, we have Colton. What was your last name? Watkins. Colton Watkins, who you won't be able to hear really well because we only have three mics because we're on that budget. And uh, and Tyler Malone, who this is actually Tyler's first time on the podcast. Yep. He, uh, he hangs out with us quite a bit. Um, oh, he's going to scoot over and say something. Yeah, I'm going to give him. Let's say something, give Tyler. Mike, for a minute. Let's let's intro you, Tyler. <laughs> I don't want to Stop stealing the show. This is Kyle's show. Uh, <laughs> okay. We'll make no. a Colton show. There we go. Yeah, the, the Colton show. That yeah. that's it. That's a cool name. Got a good ring to it. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I like that. But we're here in. Are we technically in Gardendale or Fultondale? Fultondale, Fultondale, Fultondale yeah. Alabama, at the New Breed headquarters, and. Uh, Guys, this is a sweet place. Well, cool, man. We're glad to have you. Uh, obviously, uh, we got you in here and y'all got to see a little bit of what we do every day and uh, let you shoot some bows. So, uh, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What'd you think about that? Oh, man. So we shot the GX2, right? which was my favorite one, I think. It was like yeah. super light. Yeah. We shot the BX32. That was my favorite. You like that one? Yeah. And then we shot the E. ETX 35. ETX 35. That was my least favorite, but only because I'm short. It was a super long axle to axle, um, but it was a sweet shooting bow, too. It's, it was hard to really... I mean, like the, there was little things about each one that I really liked. I think that one was Tyler's favorite. You like yeah. the yeah. the yeah, 35? It shot real smooth. I liked it. I liked, I liked all of them. So you guys... Definitely know what you're doing when it comes to the archery world, and we, uh, you know, I've I've seen new breed stuff. I don't know if you guys can hear the thunder in the background. I don't know. I don't know if that's picking up on the, but it kind of sets a really good atmosphere for us. Yeah. Um. But I, I've seen new breed stuff for a long time. Um. You know, n- had no idea that it was only thirty minutes away from where I live in Coleman. And I just happened to see it somewhere that said it was in Fultondale, Alabama at a bow shop. And I was like, holy crap, we've got to get whoever this is that, that it is that that's running this show. We got to get them on the show. So, um, we're glad to have you. It's a, it's, it's finally good to be able to sit down. I've been looking forward to this for, for a little bit. So. Well, good deal. Well, we're glad to have you here in our place and, uh, I appreciate the invite to come on and talk a little bit about what we do here. Uh, we are the little bit best kept secret in the in the bow world uh but we're trying to change that and we've uh, got some new exciting things coming up pretty quick especially for uh you guys that are listening to this the consumer so uh oh yeah exciting. and we're going to talk a lot about that i want to talk first about um how how i met you kyle yep. it was actually pretty crazy so i went on vacation to daytona beach not long ago i went on vacation there and i knew that y'all were going to probably be at the world deer expo in birmingham and, um, I'd been waiting for that. And so I got up at four o'clock in the morning, 
left Daytona so that I could catch just the tail end of Saturday's uh, stuff at the expo. And I'm telling, I literally went just so I could talk to you. Um, I don't know if I actually told you that, but that was, that that was my main reason in going. And, uh, and I, and I, and I told Blake who our listeners know Blake Eccles, um, told him that I told my wife that like, I've got to go because I want to get these guys on the show. And, um, and I looked all over the place. I couldn't find you. And finally at the very end, I found the booth. It was like at the end of the way, like I started on the complete opposite end, just going back and forth, back and forth and talking to a few people here and there. Um, but then finally got to the new breed booth and man, I think we talked for like an hour and a half sitting there in that trailer. Talked to you, Colton, for a while. Got to shoot some of the bows in the trailer there at the expo. Yeah, that was fun, man. It was a, that was a good time. And uh, we got to stare in awe at that little trail camera hanging thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, Spy High, I think, is the name of that. I am not affiliated with them by any, no. any means, but they had a cool product. And uh, when I see cool products that I know I'm going to use, I sort of turn everybody on to it. So. Yeah, and <laughs> the funny thing was, it was like we talked for maybe, I don't know, 10 minutes. You were like, hey come check this out. Yeah. <laughs> like you were pumped about it. It was so cool. Yeah. But then we got to talk just about new breed, how you got started, kind of your background in it. And, um, I, I just think we need to just rehab that conversation okay. so that all of our listeners can know about it. Cause I thought it was, I mean, it was so cool hearing the story about the company and how you got into it. And, and also like we talked a lot about kind of your life change yep. that you had. Um, I won't get too deep into that, but you kind of made a big life change, um, and, and it all kind of revolved around hunting, correct? Correct. That's yeah. right. Uh, so, you know, the way the company started, it basically started in my garage. Um, it was a, a project. I'm an engineer by trade, an electrical engineer. I was teaching industrial robotics and electronics, but I've been in the archery industry before, uh, actually before I went to college and then, um, put myself through college. I had a small archery shop called Hunter's Headquarters and Hobbies in Mississippi and I put myself through school with that and so during the uh, summer months I built remote control airplanes and during the winter I sold archery gear and uh, that's how I went through college and then so I'm going to interrupt you real quick I feel like a lot of guys are saying man I'd love to get through college like that selling archery equipment but during the winter yeah but it's I'm sitting here thinking about it did that get in the way your deer hunting schedule too Uh, a little bit but you know college life a little bit I, I got away with it so my shop hours I was younger and uh I held the uh younger crowd college gotcha. hour type thing so you yeah. know I was the you know five in the afternoon to 10 at night or whenever we decided to close where most archery shops would already be closed by five or six so right. I got the being in a college area I got that college crowd so it didn't interrupt too bad and you know I was open when I needed to be and closed during the week when I I didn't have to be there. So I hunted a lot during the week and that was fun. That's good. That's yeah. good. I love, you know, Michael gets to do that a lot. He's a, he's, Michael is a nurse. Right. Oh, okay. So while y'all were at the expo, I was, you know, saving lives, <laughs> he was wiping nurse, butts. He was nursing. <laughs> yeah. Is that fair to say that you were nursing? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I would go that you far. You wouldn't call yeah, it that? Yeah. I, I would. I'm going to call it that. Michael yeah. was nursing. Well, <laughs> but uh, Michael gets to do that a lot. He gets to hunt during the week and yep. get away from all the pressure. Yeah. And yeah, it's always nice being up there when nobody else is there. I love it. I do. I, I like to do it too. My job is a little bit more flexible, and so I can do it sometimes. 
as well. So I understand, man. That's that's cool. But but I don't want to get too deep into your into the the way the company started yet. Yep. I just want the listeners to get to know you, mm-hmm. um, a little bit about you and your family. Uh, just how you like to hunt, where you like to hunt. don't tell us where you like to hunt. Yeah. That's that's a secret. You that's can tell us secret. where you like to hunt. You can yeah, if you want, yeah, yeah. but. Um, you know, just a little bit of your background in the, in hunting and, and hunting industry and stuff like that. Well, for sure. Uh, I have a wife and two, uh, small children. I got a little bit of late start on the children. So, um, have a six year old and a almost two year old. So, uh, that's been fun. That's been exciting. And, uh, my wife's very understanding about my hunting season. Uh, she used to make the joke that we interrupt this hunting season, you know, this marriage <laughs> for hunting season. So, uh, she gets it. She's a country girl as well. Um, I've hunted a lot of Alabama when I was younger, hunted a pretty good bit of Alabama. Now I'm venturing out. Um, time is always an issue. I, I think I've heard you guys talk about that, and sure. we've, I've had a lot of discussions. So what I'm starting to figure out is instead of trying to hunt uh, as much as I can, I really try to have those quality hunts, and I make an adventure out of everything that I do. Um, Indiana is a state that I hunt a lot. I spend a good bit of time in Indiana. Um because I truly believe I can go spend a weekend up there and hunt more hours than I do in a month at home. Yeah. Uh, just in a weekend's time because you're, when you're there, you're unplugged and you know, it's not the daily grind and you can go out there and do that. And then I hunt in Mississippi a good bit. Uh, I've got some friends there and then I also hunt at Terra wildlife. I do that hunt. That was one of those hunts that I said, when I get old enough and make enough money, I'm going to, afford to do that one and it's not an expensive hunt i make it sound expensive it's not expensive at all but you're a high roller we all know we all know no i'm not a high roller but (laughs) it was one of those hunts that i said i'm gonna do that and uh so i set a goal and that's just one of my goals i try to go there every year and is that is that the delta it is i've seen a picture of a pretty actually i think i'm going to use it for the thumbnail of this episode um a giant that looks like you shot out there i've killed a couple of nice deer there um for delta deer obviously you can get a little bigger you can get i mean they have 160 170 class deer uh running around there you know they're not on every uh tree stump you know so uh they have a program you cannot there's certain size deer you can't shoot in on on terra so uh i usually try to go for a program deer i am an opportunist so if a program deer comes under me I don't wait. I take I take the shot if he presents it. What do they so, say? What's the saying? Don't shoot a deer. Don't pass up a deer on the first day that you yeah. kill the last day. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I live by that. So I'd say those guys <laughs> love me over there because they know that I will shoot. Yeah. Um, so that's good. I've actually been to Africa. So that was a fun hunt. Um, that's awesome. Took me about 10 years to save up for that. But uh, that was an incredible hunt. I wound up. A group of four of us went and we killed 32 animals. Oh, so, my gosh. Uh, wow. Yeah. We, we In 10 days time, we had a. We had a little bit of fun there. That was that was a bow hunting opportunity. Uh, I, I call it a target rich environment over there. You said so, there was four of y'all. Four of us. Yeah. Holy cow, man! I don't think I've killed thirty two animals in my whole life. Yeah, yeah <laughs> probably not. No. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I killed eight there, and uh, I, I did pretty well. I, I said I was just going to come back with some horns, and I wound up mounting uh, six of the eight animals. So. so when you go and do that, I'm curious to know when you go and do that. Do you um, do you get to bring do they have to ship it all back to you or do you bring it with you how does that all work no you uh it has to be shipped back it's got to go through a a period basically to be checked uh fda is and there's probably some other agencies involved but they get the stuff ready so there's a couple ways you can do it um 
you can get the hides salted and they have to sit for so long and then they come over and then they have to sit over here for so long and then a taxidermist here can do it or you can have it taxidermy there which shortens the time period um, that you get it back but let me say this in shortening the time period it still took me two years to get my trophies and i had them mounted over there so wow uh, it, it's not a it's not a short thing and it came in a crate and uh it's pretty neat but well, they have to have like a C-130 fly them all back. I don't know how they, yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, no, I, as many as I y'all did, killed. Yeah, I did, I did planes game, uh, but one of my buddies was a taxidermist, so he actually brought, you know, he had his ship back to him and right. he taxidermied them. Um, so he probably got the hides just a hair quicker than I got mine because I had to wait on mine to get taxidermy. But they won't let you bring any of that. You can't bring any of the meat back, unfortunately, um, but we did eat a good bit of the meat there. So one of the things that I was very concerned about with Africa, I'd, I'd read a lot about it and I certainly did not want to go on a high fence hunt. That was not my intention. You know, I, if I wanted to do that, I'm sure I could find somewhere in the United States. And sure. I just didn't want to get that vibe. And a lot of those brochures you pick up, that's what it looks like. It looks like you're going and swimming in a swimming pool and, you know, you're playing around in a big hotel and and then they just take you out there and let you shoot something. And that's not what I wanted. So I got to actually do um, what they call the bush camp experience. And uh, that was pretty neat. Everything ran off of like 12 volts over there. Uh, they heated the water with actual wood. So like our hot water, they had a big boiler outside that we took showers with that they heated the wood. So got that experience. It was still nice. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like us on the elk, you know, going elk hunting. Um, yeah. It wasn't roughing it at all, but it was nice to have that. So I enjoyed that part of it. And then uh, the last day they were like, yeah, we are going to go to a gated type area. And I'm like, I don't really want to do that. And then when they told me it was 15,000 acres, I'm like, well, that's not really, <laughs> you know, they did, that's just to keep the, they had big signs. It was pretty, pretty interesting, but they had uh, big signs that said uh, poachers shot on site. And I think they really took that to heart. Holy so, cow. Uh, that's what the, I found out that it wasn't to keep the animals in is what they had the poachers. actual fences up. It was actually keep the poachers out. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty so 15,000 15, acres uh once you get you know we're we go through a gate and we're driving driving i'm asked the guy hey when are we gonna get there and we've been driving for like an hour and they're like well we're we're almost there um so we had passed through a gate and never saw another gate and you're driving for an hour or three somewhere so that's pretty cool golly so, yeah it was fun that kind of puts to to rest all the arguments and stuff that you see on facebook about africa high fences and stuff like that you know yeah i i you know, we're actually going to do an episode pretty soon. I've been talking to a couple people about an episode on high fence hunting. So I want to have somebody who is pro high fence and somebody who is anti high fence and somebody who is really good, like at arguing the points, right. um, yeah. not together that could get ugly if we got them on together. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. so if you're listening to this guys, look forward to that. That's going to be a fun episode. I'm really looking forward to that. And it's really just to inform yeah. people about it. And so, um, so speaking of information, yep. Let's get into new breed. I want to hear about. I want to hear about your background. How you got started. I know you got. How long ago did you start new breed? Uh, Two thousand nine is when I introduced new breed to the public. So okay, a uh, couple of years prior to that, I've been working on my designs, and uh, so, you know, I always say two thousand seven and eight is when I was involved in new breed. But two thousand nine is the first time that I soft launched a company. I actually used uh, Archery Talk. You know, this was Facebook was around but there wasn't a hunting community uh i don't think instagram really it probably existed but nobody knew about it you know so social media was there but it was more or less on a forum type basis right. um and so that's where i introduced uh new breed and it really started as a as a project i was helping a, 
another company with some designs and they sold their company and I really wanted my designs to to stand out and I thought you know what I'm just going to do this and I always tell the story that I, I I was a gear nut I think I was telling you that earlier so I had every kind of bow I always tinkered with the different brands and I'd take certain parts and in the industry we call it Frankensteining but it's where they take a couple of different bows and you know you take the cams off of one limbs off another and a riser from this one and I was doing that for a little bit and um then I just said you know what I'm gonna wipe the slate clean and and go with what I want and uh so that's how that's how the genetics was born. That was the first bow that we did was the genetics and the cyborg. I thought those were the only two bows I'd ever make, and I really did it as uh, friends and family, and you know, just guys on the forum. I never expected to grow it into a company. I wanted to support my elk habit, is what I say. So Wait, now, were you with these with these first bows? Were you making them yourself, like in yep. a shop, like yep. doing uh, all of it? I'd taken my garage and. Uh, Converted. Now, I wasn't doing the machining. I did all the design, but I had hired a shop to machine the parts. You know, we use CNC machines now. And uh, the hydro dipping, I wasn't doing that. So I was farming that out. They were still my designs. But the final assembly, just like what we do today, uh, we do all the other stuff. But our final assembly, we still do the same way that I did. The first thousand bows I put together by myself. Well, I had a couple of friends. I'm not going to say by myself. But I had some friends helping, you know, keep things organized. And then... uh, after that, I hired a couple of employees, and uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but in the very early stages of New Breed, from 2009 to 13, I was actually teaching uh, college at Reed State College and teaching industrial robotics and design. So uh, I sort of did the boat company at night, and then I had a real job during the day, and it just got to the point that it was growing. And I met the way I wound up in uh, this area is I met a couple of guys, and they saw my passion for the outdoors, and they had it too. and they said, hey, you know, we could help market you and get you get you off the ground, you know. And I really say that 2013, it it was a company from 2009 to 13, but it really turned into a business starting then. So it's exciting to see it grow. I mean, everybody's always talking about, you know, uh, I usually say we're the small boat company, but we're, we're big in my eyes because I saw it when it was one boat press in my garage with some strings that we were building by hand, you know, over in the corner. And now we have a full-blown I'll lay out and can well, produce some bows. And, and you say it's a small company, but the truth is I, I heard about New Breed when I was living in Texas. So I was a part of uh, TexasBowHunter.com forum, yep. which a lot of times, man, it's kind of like it's kind of like the beast. If you if you have a question about deer hunting, you type it in. A lot of times those threads will pull up on TexasBowHunter.com. And so, you know, those guys are all gear nuts. And that's when I first started seeing New Breed stuff. And uh, just really impressive stuff, you know. And so here, sitting here talking to you is kind of cool because I was just a kid, you know, searching forums about bow hunting. And and now I think I graduated high school in 2009. Oh, okay, so, great. Yeah. Um, so when you first started is when I heard about it. I, I mean, I was a kid in high school. And Did you say you graduated in 2009? Shut up, Mike. <laughs> uh, yeah. Actually, I don't know why I said shut up. That's kind of a compliment. Thanks. Yeah. I'm young. How old are you, Mike? Uh, almost 34. Almost I graduated 34. in 2003, which now everybody else can laugh. Oh, well. <laughs> that's all right. I, so, uh, you 19- can't just go calling our guest old, bro. Ni- 1991. <laughs> so, anyway, when I graduated high school, I so, was one. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, at least you were born. At yeah. least, yeah. I get a Tyler get a, wasn't even thought about yet. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't think Colton, you were. No, I'm 23. Yeah. So, 23. Are you married? No. Nope. Single. 
Just living that. We were talking about that earlier. You just living that dream life. Living the dream. Hey, my wife don't gripe. My wife's awesome. As far and few between nowadays. Yeah, no kid. I want to. I just want to go ahead and uh, W. I don't know if people call you this, but I heard you say it a while ago. You were the redneck Indian. Yeah. Growing up. I grew up. I grew up in the backwoods. Yeah. We're, now, do you actually have Native Native American in your blood? No, I don't. No. No. Crap. Just I like, really wanted to call you the like redneck Indian. Cool names. Yeah. yeah. Hey, that's okay. He so, shoots a bow really well, so he can take that title. Hey, and he works on a bow really well too. For, yeah. I mean, he looked like he was like in the zone while we were filming some stuff yeah. earlier today. For sure. Well, that's that's one thing about new breed, and so uh, I, I mentioned that we were building the bows. We've always built the bows one at a time, and so the very important thing as the company has grown, I wanted that mentality to stay. I didn't want it to be. I've I've been around other companies to where you know there was one person putting the riser and the other person putting the limbs and then cams and then somebody stringing it and they just test it real quick. And they, they don't know. Colton can tell you, he can pull that bow back and tell you if it's in time, out of time. Uh, he can tell you pretty well anything about that bow just by feeling it because he's gone through every single part of that bow and he also shoots it. So with, with that said, that's the kind of feeling we want. We wanted or for myself, I wanted to, if I was building that bow for myself, I want that person to get that same feeling. So that's what we do with Newbreed. Even as we've grown and we, we do several bows a day now and we've got a couple more technicians, but involved in that, we don't ever deviate from that section. So uh, like y'all got to watch today, I mean, that's how we, every bow is built like that. We didn't do that special just because y'all were coming around. We, right. Every bow gets built from start to finish. So Which you say you don't do that special, but that's pretty special. You know, yeah. I mean, for every single person that buys a bow from you, that's a pretty special thing. Sure. You know, it's you don't not, get to. It's not like an assembly line, you know, where everybody's just passing along parts. I mean, you're putting everything together. And I, yeah. it's, pre- it's pretty neat walking through y'all's shop because every bow has its own characteristics because it's a, uh, it's custom, completely yep. custom. And I mean, going through there, you're not just going to see one look. You're not just going to see black camo and whatever the heck other color, you know, most, most bow companies, yeah, right. uh, make some, I mean, there's generic camouflage. That's right. Yeah. You've got, you've got ASAT camo. Yep. You've got the digital, um, stuff. I saw some Kuyu stuff. Yep. Um, I don't know what that orangey purple one. What, yep. What's nocturnal, that? Nocturnal is the pattern, but it's got horns in it. It's just a neat pattern. Now the orange and the purple, we did the pattern sort of a grayed out pattern and we just put it over the top. So you can have some different fades if you really want it that way. And uh, so we, we get pretty crazy with some of uh, the stuff that we can do. So I love our, it. our designs are really well. And then not only that, but you can actually get the bow. And that's something that we're excited about. And, and I'll dive into this. We, we have been a uh, dealer based company, but where we're really wanting to get back to the roots of this company started. If, if y'all remember, I was telling you it started on forums, very similar to social media today. And it was a lot of individuals contacting me, telling me what they wanted in a bow and, and um, you know, the color schemes. And I got away from that a little bit, trying to grow the dealer network. And then I'm, I've been missing that. And so I'm really excited to tell you that we're going back uh, direct to consumer, which there wasn't even a name for it when I used to do it. It just selling bows, but now it's direct to consumers, the business model. And, we are excited because we can have that one-on-one connection again and we can make that if, if there's a special bow that you want built we can do it and um you know if there's a certain color you're not having to buy a bow and then go spend another 
you know, a couple hundred bucks to get the right color strings or have it repainted or something. We can do it all right here factory and it's factory built. So you don't have to worry about somebody taking it apart and not getting it back right. That's, that's amazing. And that's that, warranties, you know, that was the cool thing. So you guys who are listening to the Southern ground podcast right now are probably some of the first people to hear about this new business model for new breed. Yes. Um, and so that, that pumps me up right now. We're sitting here. It's July 31st. This podcast will air, let's see, what's today? Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Today's Tuesday. This podcast will air next Friday. And um, and so, I mean, that's that's a pretty neat deal. I'm, I'm super grateful that we get to kind of be a part of this and help spread the word that you guys are going to this model. Uh, and that's really what stuck out to me when I talked to you at the expo that day. Um, I mean, that's a, that's a, it's a risky move probably a little bit, you know, as a business owner, you know, that's probably pretty risky. Um, but it's just really neat. And I think for the consumer, for the, for the bow hunters out there, like this is like, this is kind of a look no further type deal. If you ask me, um, because you know that each bow is being crafted, um, and, and not, not just manufactured, you know what I mean? Crafted is a great word. You know, um, you see a lot of a lot of companies that are um, moving away from that, and I, I'm super pumped up to see that you guys are moving towards it, which is super cool. And you know, it's just neat that you're taking redneck Indians off the street and letting them build bows and <laughs> live, right. live that life. But you know, the the one thing about it is, uh, you know, there's going to be some questions, and our website probably will it's getting updated as fast as it can right now because we are headed to this model. Um, if you don't. If you go to our website and you don't see these options that we're discussing today, just give us a call. Uh, you can reach out to us and we'll walk you through the process. So we're we're available. It's sort of a soft launch right now. We'll we'll do a little bit harder launch once the website's ready to go. Um, but what's really neat that that comes along with that is I get guys say, well, I've never shot any breed. You know, I'm not going to buy anything unless I try it. We're actually going to have a demo program, so we're excited about that. To where you can call in and we'll hold a credit card number will authorize your card and ship you out a bow and let you shoot it um you got 15 be, days to return it so yeah that's gonna be my number one question is yep. how how would you know you know to be able to order and that that's a really good a really yep. good option so we're we're going to do the demo program and we're excited about that because that's that's something sort of front running um you really don't hear anybody else doing that. The other thing that we're going to do, if you're 90%, let's say that you've shot a buddy's new breed or you've seen us enough that you're just sold on our company and you're like, you know, I really I really want one, but I'm just scared to pull that trigger, but I, I think I want one. If you're at that 90 to 99 percentile of I'm going to buy this thing, I just got to get it in, we'll actually have a 15-day return policy on it. So we'll do it up to your custom colors. We'll send it out to you, you know, Obviously, there's going to be some questions I'll have with you because we can't just make everybody's color and then everybody send it back 15 days later, you know, just because they were wanting to play. We want to make sure you're serious about it. But if you're serious and all you got to do is shoot it, we'll make it up in your color, ship it out. And if for some reason you got 15 days to return it and, uh, you know, then we'll go from there. But I've, I've done this uh, in the past. I did that through the forums. Uh, it just got to where I was trusting people. And, you know, I really didn't have an avenue like the websites, obviously, certain back ends have been created since then and so i'm really excited to see all this come together and uh it worked really well with the forums years ago and so uh, now that we've grown and 
So I said this the other day, I told somebody, somebody said, are you, you know, how do you think this is going to work? I said, Hey, if we can buy a car or a house online now without ever, you know, just by doing a virtual tour, we can definitely buy a bow. So yeah, I feel like it's going to work. So I'm, I'm going to play, I'm going to play the, the consumer. Okay. All right. So I'm interested in, I'm interested in that BX 32. Okay. Um, I want, I want to buy it really bad. Obviously I already answered the question about trying it out. Um, but what I'm interested in is, okay, all of this stuff sounds like it's too good to be true, um, without paying the, paying the money for it. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to call you up and ask you, Hey, I want this bow. I want it this color. Uh, what, what's that going to run me? Well, and that's where the direct consumer is going to be really nice. That's how we're keeping our cost where it is because we're just going direct to you. So we're, we're actually having to cut out the middleman to be able to do some of the custom work that we're going to offer if we had to go through that middleman scenario, you know, it'd be a twelve, thirteen hundred dollar bow because we'd have to add all the features to be able to make it work. But the cool part about this is we're going to be looking at um, eight ninety nine to nine forty nine, depending on the models, and you're going to get it customized the way you want it. There's not going to be oh well, you want it um, with green strings, so that's another hundred bucks, or you want it with red stickers, that's another twenty bucks. We're not going to we're not going to nickel and dime you, so that's going to be the cost of the bow. The so only- you're telling me that Tyler can get his Barbie pink. BX32 that he wants to get so bad. 35. The, okay. The E, what was it? The, the ETX. ETX35. 35. The Barbie Pink ETX35. He can get that and it's not going to cost him any more to get a custom one or one that you just have laying around, you know, just a. Right. Right. That's. Yep. The only, the only custom that will cost a little bit more are the fades um, because it is just more labor intensive and we're going to have to, but it's not going to be bad. It's just. I think he dollars. said he did want his to be Barbie Pink faded into like a purple polka dot. Like purple. Okay. Rainbow kind of. We probably do that. Well, yellow stickers. I'm thinking yellow would look good yeah, along. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah. You know, his bow right now has got the pride, the pride rainbow on it. So, I figure maybe once he switches over to new breed, are you going to kind of go that same route? Yeah, I'm looking at it. Yeah. We'd probably give him his man card back once he gets a new breed. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, so. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool, but, man. I love that. I love that model, though. You know, I think I think it's really neat that that you guys are doing that because. Every other company, not just bow companies, this is anything that you want. If you want it custom to your liking, you're going to pay extra money for yep. it. And and that price point, you said at the most nine forty nine. Is that what you said? Right, somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah. That's still cheaper than at the local bow shop in Coleman. That's cheaper than any other bow that I can get just off the shelf. I don't get to pick anything out on it. I don't get to do anything. That's still. Well, a good price. About all the titanium bolts and screws too, so there ain't gonna be no rusting in the warranty. All salesmen over here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yep. lifetime so, warranty, so if any kind of limb splinter or anything like that, you send it in, we'll replace it. Now we don't cover dry fires, obviously, but yeah. you always get those guys that call in and say yeah. it just slipped. Yeah. So let's talk about that. I want to talk about the. I want to talk about the titanium. Um, Actually, you know what? No, I don't want to talk about that yet, because what I do want to get into is your background as an engineer and how that how that played into the design. And I want to get deeper into the design of the actual bow, um, because that's what's incredible. You know, shooting this bow it, when you when you shoot it, it's like butter. Like yeah. it's just so smooth. Um, what you were telling me before uh, at the expo is that every part of this bow isn't just to look cool it actually serves a purpose correct and so i want to i want to get into that so let's just use um this bx32 for as an example because that's the one that it, it may not be more 
engineered, but it se- it looks more engineered and it seems more like it's like everything serves a purpose. So let's yeah. talk about this bow for a second. Sure. So uh, you're absolutely right. So the engineering side of it, I'm, I'm an electrical engineer by trade, but I have a mechanical background through the robotics. Uh, now, industrial robots compared to what a lot of people think robots are a little different, but mechanical design, that's what steered me in this direction. And uh, I actually... We'll back up way back, you know, since we were talking about age there, but um, I'll back up. And when I was young, uh, teenage, 19, 20 years old, I worked for McPherson Archery and sort of got my feet wet with archery um, designs. I I actually had a really good mentor there that let me play around. He let me do a little R&D with him. And so that's what pushed me. And then once I went to college, obviously, I'd always tinkered with something bow-wise and uh, just because it was my hobby. But when I, when I decided that I was going to design uh, my own bow, I knew that I wanted some function, and I'm a user. So I'm a hunter. Uh, I also shoot tournaments. I wasn't just like, oh, I think it'd be cool because I got an archer yesterday. So I knew all the things that I wanted from a bow. One of them, it had to be quiet. The next was the grip had to be correct. Um, the other part was that it definitely didn't need any more moving parts than you know what made it function. I did not want something you know, over-engineered, uh, for lack of a better term. In fact, I think the best engineering is when you can simplify something. Um, and I didn't want parts that could fail. Or, and Colton mentioned that titanium and stainless steel, the one reason that we do that in the bows now, titanium has a property to help with vibration. So I can put a titanium bolt in the bow and eliminate basically a limb dampener. And that's just one less part to fail because that bolt's not going to fail. It's also weather-resistant, so uh, that's pretty neat that you, you know, we've used the product in the weather enough to know that rust. In fact, we had a conversation before the podcast started about another brand that it just looked like uh, some paint was rubbing off their bolts and it was rusting. And that's not what we want. We want the thing to work correctly. So uh, that's where those come from. The stainless steel obviously comes from just basically weather resistance. Um, so, so back back to the titanium real quick. Yep. Titanium, is it lighter it is. It's actually like, I mean, and in a bow, it, you're not using just a ton. It's not like there's a ton of mm-hmm. of nuts and bolts and things. But, you know, I mean, us public land guys, that every ounce counts. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so um, having that lighter weight really does matter and more functional. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a huge deal. So I cut weight and I also uh, cut vibration by using titanium. It costs a little bit more. But on the back end, uh, that's on the back end. On the front end, you're getting the better product, and that's what counts. So, uh, if you look at the the BX32, um, if some of you guys, as you're listening to this, maybe run out to our website, you can see that it has a split gusset design. So the gusset works very similar to a bridge, um, but we didn't have to bridge the whole riser. So we cut weight again. We figured out where the places needed to have the strength. There's no reason in bridging the whole thing if it only needs strength in certain areas. So uh, that was really nice. We did the split gusset. And then the little centerpiece that everybody sort of says looks like a little C, or I've had some guys say it looks like an earlobe. What that actually does, I was having the discussion with that, but it works like a reverse tuning fork. So when the bow goes off, the vibration runs from one end to the other, and it runs into those, and it actually cancels themselves out. So And that's the two That's the two points that yep. are like on the riser, on top and bottom of the riser. Yep. And uh, so that actually eliminates us having to have a riser dampener. So there's another part that doesn't go bad. Um, so there's been a lot of engineering, a lot of thought process, but I will tell you this, all the bows started with the grip. It is a torque free grip. I get 
I've had people ask me, you know, man, why don't you build a wood grip for this? Or why don't you make one that snaps over it? I truly believe as an archer, everything starts with how the bow feels in your hand. So the grip, that grip has not changed since uh, about 2008-ish, 9-ish, somewhere in there. I've made a slight modifications, but the basically the frame of the grip has not changed. It's been torque-free from that point forward. And uh, in fact, I got so excited about that grip that I incorporated incorporated into a traditional bow. So that's the RK1. And, yeah, and I want to talk about yeah, that here in just wait. a second. So it's very important that... Uh, Everything functions correctly. Another nice feature, we build all our strings in-house. So um, I had gone through a couple of companies before we started building our own, but now that we build our own, we can control every single aspect. So one of the things that we get from people when they get the bow, they're a little shocked that when they pull it out of the box, they don't have to spend 30 minutes getting the bow ready to be tuned, you know, and put the rest on. They can basically put their rest on and start working because the bow is going to come to you in time, your correct draw length, uh, set to the weight that that the the max weight. Now it's going to be up to you to decide if you need to take a pound or two here or there. We're not going to do that for you, but um, you know. And so that's the cool factor about our boat. We get a lot of compliments about you know it's just nice not to have to spend thirty minutes and watch a YouTube video on how to get my bow timed or get my cam lean out because we've already done all that for you. So, so are you guys? Are y'all working with any other companies um, as far as like? rests and sites and any of that kind of stuff that um, can be purchased through your website or anything like that are you do y'all guys do y'all work with anybody real closely on that currently not yet we we want to get our direct to consumer model going um and then we're gonna we're gonna venture out and see what we can do uh you know we definitely can tune a bow um and some guys if they want to pick some stuff out and have it shipped here we can definitely get it put on now there would be a little bit of a labor involved right. in that because it would take more time but we'd be willing to offer that service so i'm okay, okay. with that you know cool yeah so that's awesome yeah. I, I you know that's that's just going back to this direct consumer model it's just so unique and and really cool like i don't know why anyone listening to this wouldn't be just super interested because what you're looking at i know a lot of bow hunters get a new um a new bow every year right and uh, and and that's that's not that's not super uh, rare. Like a lot of guys will do that. They'll sell their old bow, buy a new bow, um, and and what you're looking at is a cheaper product, not a, not cheaper made, but a cheaper price point, and completely customized. Like that's yeah. that's just so cool. And you know, hearing hearing the, your willingness to work with whatever you know the con, the consumer wants. You know, if they want their site already put on it, drop away rest. Like that's just that's just a really neat, a really neat thing, and um, I'm I'm a pretty firm believer. I know a lot of guys are. A company is only as good as as it is from the top. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Colton may think otherwise because he works with you, but uh, Kyle is as good as gold and treated me right from day one, and mm-hmm. I don't think you get as good as him. To be yeah, honest. yeah, and and the uh, here's well, the, I appreciate that. It <laughs> it it's just team effort for sure. So, yeah, you know I can have my moments. I'm sure so. that's cool. So okay. So we talked about bows in general. We talked about archery. Um, But there is one group of people that could possibly be the hardest group of people to please in the archery world, and that is the trad life guys. Um, Trad life might be copyrighted. I don't know. It might be an actual brand. In the traditional world. Yeah, the traditional guys are pretty hard to please, and 
I want to tell you from uh, personal experience. Now, I'm not a, a traditional bow hunter. I want to be, um, but I, I just haven't ventured into that yet. But I know a guy who is uh, a relative of mine, and I was telling him that we were coming to talk to you, and he was like, oh, man, they make the best trad bow. And I was like, I mean, this guy, I mean, he, he knows his stuff. He, he teaches archery and stuff oh, like cool, that. Yeah. Um, he does taxidermy. I think he said yep. he's, oh, yeah, he's, he's done one of your, some work for me. Yep. Anthony Parker. We've talked about him on the show before cause he's a relative of mine, but, um, he knows his stuff and he was, he was just singing your praise on that, on that trad bow. So let's talk about that for a second. So okay. those guys don't feel left out because y'all are kind of making waves in that world right now. Yeah, we, we are. And, uh, so I'll say this, I, I made the joke earlier before we got on the podcast, but, uh, I was shooting traditional before they started calling it trad. So, uh, I, I so killed my, that's such I, a hipster thing to say. I actually, before trad was cool. yeah, yeah, before trad was cool. Yeah. But, um, anyway, my first year I ever killed with a bow was actually with a recurve. So uh, really? I was 14 years old and, um, my dad, my dad got me started. So I'll give a little bit of history on that. I grew up on a farm and my dad got me started in hunting. Uh, I killed deer with a shotgun and a rifle before that, but I really got into bow hunting and uh i don't know it just seemed like something i wanted to do he we would get out in the yard and mess around and so uh but he was a big believer that you know you had to do it the right way he, you know he was a woodsman before there was a term woodsman so uh, <laughs> so i'm just saying you know and so uh he had a recurve and he said hey this is the way you're going to do it so i actually shot competition with compounds but i still hunted with a recurve and so now first- he taught you how to shoot i mean because i mean you were you're knocking them down those turkey in that shoot this past uh week Yep. Oh yeah. He, uh, I give him fair credit. He taught me how to shoot. And then I've had some good people after that. This sort of helped with my technique over the years. Now, so. what was the distance on those Turkey that were shooting? Average, by the way, not, when I not, say Turkey, not live Turkey. They yeah, were, no. <laughs> they were shooting 3d targets and shooting the head. I mean, yep. average, average, we went, so I went to a, a all traditional shoot and the average shot ranged, uh, on average, between 15 and about 25 yards. I mean, there was a couple. Of, they had some elk targets and some other targets that were probably 35 yards. But averages between 15 and 25 yards, and I'd say 20 is pretty good. And the head of that turkey, I mean, it's only like, what, yeah. two inches by two inches? Yeah, about like a baseball si- size. Yes, He's sir. trying to be humble I mean, about it, but it was it was, it was impressive, yeah, man. it was impressive. I mean, yeah. were, were so, all of those arrows yours, or not, was that a group? No, no, no. That was a group of us. Okay, so, uh, I was about to say, because... I, I got very lucky, and, and so we'll step into to that. Um, the RK-1 is a collaboration between two companies. There's Striker Bows and New Breed Archery. And the way I sell this, and this is the honest truth, I am nothing more than the Carroll Shelby to their forward. They already had the Mustang. I just added some features that I felt like as a compound shooter I would like to have in my traditional bow. Because I, I always tell this, but the reason I wanted the traditional bow, I, I had a couple other brands um, – that were just generic off the shelf. And then I had a couple of custom bows and that's how I met Rick. I was buying a custom bow off him because I do a traditional hunt every year for myself. I don't, you know, talk about it or get into it, but you know, I try to at least do a doe hunt or, you know, if the right deer comes by and I hadn't filled my buck tag, I'd take it. And so that was, it's just a mental thing for me. It really gets me back. My, my dad, it just sort of reminds me of where my roots come from. And so I do that hunt for myself. And what I was fighting with is I was having to go back and forth, um, between it being other brands that I didn't want to promote if I did actually take something with it. And then uh, the grip was always something. So when I found Rick's bow, his grip was pretty good, uh, actually really good for a wooden handle bow, but he 
he sort of pulled me aside and he said, man, I've always wanted to do an aluminum riser. I just hadn't had the means. I said, well, I got the means. We can machine it. I said, but if we do that, can we add some features that I would want as a compound shooter? Because that's at the end of the day, I'm a compound shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he said, yeah, let's try it. So we went through several different models and a couple of different prototypes, and then we threw some things away and started over. But anyway, <laughs> there's, there's some things. If we had Rick on here, he'd tell you about that. But uh, anyway, at the end of the day, we wound up building a traditional aluminum riser bow that has a compound grip. Um, but I will say this. So the, the new common thing is in the traditional world, they're saying, you know, wood risers have soul and the aluminum risers are just dead and, and old and, you know, hard. When you cold, say soul, do yes. you mean like S-O-U-L? Yeah. 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 Like yeah. feeling? Yeah. Like feeling. They say the yeah. wood risers have that. Well, I'm just going to, I'm here to say the RK1 has that same soul. Um, there was a lot of lot of energy put into that bow and a lot of uh, engineering so it wasn't just something that we just decided hey let's hack it out and throw it on machine and never look at it again i mean that bow was shot multiple multiple times and if your customer you know wanted to shoot both compound and traditional now there's not that huge you know change you can just go from one and straight into the other and it's got the same feel so so i'll say this y'all were talking about the traditional shoot i went went on this last weekend i went up to pennsylvania to the eastern traditional renaissance um and so it was really fun but i've been shooting my compound every day up until i basically left through my recurve in the back of the car and went and i went out there and within five arrows we're shooting a group you know the size i shoot with my compound so that's how easy it is to swap back and forth between the the two and that's so I wanted it for new breed as a compliment to my compound. It's it's to extend your season. We, I hear so many people say this, but what I really want to do is I'm I'm trying to create an adventure. Not all of us can afford. I I can't afford you know big hunts all the time, and I can't afford great hunting land. I hear you guys talk about public land a lot. Um, but what I can do is I can create my own adventure. And so that's what I wanted to do was be able to incorporate the traditional. So let's say you go out and kill a couple of nice deer with a compound. But now you want to do something a little different? Go get a traditional bow. I'm telling you, yeah. it'll change you. You don't have to get away from what you're used to, but this will definitely give you another level. That's why I try to say that uh, I wanted to make that RK1 where you could swap it back and forth pretty easy because I want I want the guys to experience that that maybe were a little intimidated. Well, they can go and grab the RK1. They're like, you know, this thing does feel like my compound. It can't be that hard to shoot. And so that's what I wanted it for. So, so with the RK1... One of the things that I've heard from people uh, that that shoot traditional a lot is um, they like having they like being able to pick and choose like this limb with this riser mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. But um, is that something that people can do right now, or is it really just for the striker? It it is just for the striker. Um, I'm not a big fan of the ILF. You know, you probably have some some comments on that, but I'm not a gigantic fan because this, it's just like my compound bow. So we're, we're going to go back to this. I don't think I would want somebody taking the limbs off of my bow and putting them on another brand, or I go get another brand and put limbs on mine. So I don't want to swap them around. It's engineered specifically for that bow. And right. so don't make something that, I mean, why go out and buy, uh, you know, a $20 set of rims to put on a thousand dollar car. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, have you been? Have you seen my vehicle? Yeah, no, I haven't. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what I'm getting at, or vice versa. I've yeah. seen guys put, you know. Well, what what, what could end up happening so. really is somebody, um, you know, just like what you said, and blaming it on your 
yep, you're Bo or giving you a bad name. Um, and then it all comes back to, uh, you know, I, I can respect that, you know, as a, as a consumer as well, because, um, you're trying to put out the best product. And also, um, there's something to be said about being, about using those partnerships like you have with, uh, the relationship that you have with um, Striker yep. as well, you know, that's, I mean, that is, that's commendable. You're not just out to make a quick buck. You're out to make the best product and what you believe is the best product. And so that's, that's a respectable thing. Um, I've and, been coming here for a couple of years now, and I can't tell you how many times I've passed that bow rack with a Striker bows and just held it and just, you know, wanted one so bad. So, I mean, I think that's a great, you know, yep. partner. I mean, they're just, the the build quality i mean just looks excellent yep. so I, I you know holding the uh, rk1 and hearing people talk about it i think it's like a, just a i mean it's a sweet setup yeah yep. and and so it's it's exciting um you know and and those guys are really good and you know i knew they knew what they were doing in the traditional world and i knew that we know what we're doing in the compound world and it's just a good relationship and uh you know, I didn't try to go out there and pretty well beat my chest to say, I'll just build a recurve bow because I can do it. I, I went and got the experts that knew what they were doing. Just like when he wanted an aluminum riser, when Rick wanted that, he came and got the expert that knows how to do an aluminum riser that comes on our new breed bows. So oh, yeah. That's, pretty exciting uh, stuff. That, that's pretty cool. And, uh, man, just uh, I keep going back to it, but just that that business model is it's an incredible thing. And, yep. um, and I think, you know, the more the, – that you guys get into it and the more of a reputation you guys build around that, man, I don't see any, I don't see any way that it can, I know it's a big risk as a business owner. Um, but I, I personally don't see any, any way that it could, it could go wrong, you know, unless, unless Tyler gets his pride flag bow, then it, it could give you a bad name, but. Well, since we're all mate, I got a question. Turn uh, that, Hey, turn that mic towards him. Uh, he don't I got have a question a, is, uh, is there any kind of crossbow coming down the pipeline? I don't crossbow hunt, but <laughs> yeah. is there any crossbow? I, I mean, that's I'm not talking about for me, but I'm for, for a but I'm for not, other guys, is there a crossbow coming out? Crossbow. So, let me say this: we we've got a couple of prototypes. Um, once again, if it's just like I said a minute ago, if it's got a stick and a string operates it, then I'm I'm into it. So there's a couple of prototypes, but I'm just not ready to release anything. So, I'm. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Never say never. Um, so I'm not gonna say no. There'll never be a crossbow from New Breed Archery. But currently, I mean, it's not like you're not gonna see it in the next year or so. But okay. you could definitely see one. You know. So uh, if you do, if you do uh, release one, you're gonna be able to customize, dip, whatever. That's what we've got to figure out. Once we get the right, once we get everything engineered right, then we got to make sure we can do. But absolutely, I mean, we do our stuff in house, so that's the cool part. Is you know, when I first started the company, I was having to farm things out, and that was that was a logistics nightmare, to be honest with you. But now that we've grown and been able to buy the equipment to do our stuff in house, it's very easy. So I would assume we can do the customization as well, pretty easy on a crossbow. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I did get to see the prototype a while ago. And yeah, was, that's that's okay. It's a it's a it's a pretty sweet looking setup, but um, how did I miss out on that? I don't know. You're the only right. crossbow I, hunter I was sitting in, at the I was table in there for a good couple of hours. <laughs> you didn't get to see. You didn't get to see the real stuff. You yeah. are the crossbow hunter. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. on a crossbow. Yeah, yeah. And 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 speaking to what you said, because I love it. I like. There's nothing wrong with hunting a cro- with a crossbow. Uh, I killed a deer with a crossbow last year, and um, it, it, Mike can speak to that pretty well. Like it does not 
make things easier. Yeah, I had a blade of grass and was spot on. Now I'm a ground hunter, yeah. uh, so all that cancels hunt, out all of any my hunting is on the ground. So you know, it adds a whole nother level to when you know you're trying to pull a compound bow back on the ground, which I've still done it and I've killed you know quite a few deer that way, but. I wanted to uh, to try the uh, crossbow out. I, I went and got a raven. I mm-hmm. uh, bought a raven last year. Um, but um, I shot a blade of grass. Uh, it hit a blade of grass, and that arrow went from the front shoulder all the way to the back hind quarter. You can see it in slow-mo and almost missed the whole freaking deer. Now, it only went 40 yards and was dead because it hit that femoral artery. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it's not... It's not, you it know, doesn't just, make it yeah, it's not, easier. Yeah, it just doesn't mean you just get a deer if, you know, you, you know, aim at it. Yeah. So. I'll tell you one thing that was really difficult for me when I shot that, I shot a doe with, with a crossbow last year. And uh, the thing that made it really difficult for me is I had no idea if I hit that deer or not. Like, <laughs> until I saw her fall over and I was like, I was pumped up, you know, but like, it it's totally different. It's I hear a lot of people say it's like shooting a gun, and we're we're kind of off railing a little bit here, but it's like shoot. It's just like shooting a gun, but man, it's not. It is so weird. It's so bizarre trying to shoot a deer because you you got your eye in the scope. Usually, you're used to seeing the arrow hit, you know, and all that stuff. But um, it definitely adds a new aspect. And so, um, yeah, if you're listening to this and you're a crossbow hunter, man, we're on your team. We're pulling for you because. It, deer are not well wildlife you know, elk pigs they're not easy to kill nope. no matter how you do it it's not easy to kill them with a gun sometimes i've had years where i didn't even see a deer because at, first off i was hunting like an idiot and you're hunting in alabama yeah <laughs> and i was in alabama but i've had years with a gun where i hadn't shot a deer and so um you, you know going back to that like man it. It'd be so nice if we could all could just be a part of the same team and part of the same group of guys that just like to enjoy the outdoors legally. Like, yep. legally is the key word. As long as it's legal, man, I'm all about it. Yep. Well, I'm, I'm definitely a bow hunter um, through and through. I, it's been a while since I picked up a gun. And, I, you know, I've had my fair share. I go to Colorado, and I don't kill every year. I, I do public land hunting. I do do-it-yourself. Um and we do not kill every – in fact, a buddy of mine, good friend of mine, we go together, you know, those kind of t- hunts. you got to find the right partners to go with, so a group of us go. And uh, we do really well, but uh, pretty well Andrew Clark, he's a great hunter. And then uh, we just got up one day and said we were going out there, and we've gone, and we feel like that uh, – I'm sort of green out there, so I feel like I'm starting over in my hunting career out west. Uh, I'm still green a little bit, but – the fun part about that is um, I feel like that mountain owes me an elk. And so uh, we're going to keep going until we get one. So that's that's the feeling I got right now. So Man. that's my adventure. Is that over-the-counter? It is. In Colorado, the two units that we do are over-the-counter. they got several units that are over-the-counter. Some, some places you have to draw. If you want a really good trophy unit, you're going to have to wait on a draw. But So it's fun. We, we go. So, it's so we... We just did the, the the last episode we did was about our 2018 goals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's a, a cool thing to talk about with with both of you guys. I think that'd be cool. What would you say is your 2018 goal? Well, 2018 2019 goal, um, just for your own personal hunting and with new breed. 
We'll start with we'll start with the hunting one, and then y'all can y'all can go back and forth, and then we'll end yeah. with you on your where you what do you see Newbreed doing? And I got gotcha. you coming years well, hunting wise. Um, so we've talked a little bit, but KJ is six, and I'm not sure where I'm ready for him to be yet as far as actually taking a deer but i do want to get him in the woods um other than just letting him knock around and shed on a little bit with me and i now really you, want to get him out there so do you make any bows for like youth we do um okay. we actually make the spawn which uh it's an adjustable draw and it comes with poundages that you can change the limbs out um and i actually have him shooting one so uh i built him he started shooting when he was three. I cheated a little bit, so I was able to build him one pretty light. <laughs> but uh, we probably would not recommend for your three-year-old right now. But um, he did start shooting then, uh, and he was really—he really didn't start really shooting until last year. I'd say the five-year-old range. He he started getting the fundamentals using a release and peep sight, and you know it wasn't just like, "Hey, daddy, I you know shot." You know now it's like, "Hey, daddy, I want to hit that." You know, and so uh, that's cool. He's not ready to hunt. I, as far as with a bow or – I don't even know about a gun yet, but I want him in the woods. I want him to start experiencing seeing deer. Um, so that's a goal is to at least get him out there in a blind somewhere, something. And then uh, my other goal is – so this – I make everything an adventure. Um, and recently I was on a scouting trip in Indiana and putting out some cameras on my little place that I got. And uh, anyway, I found a feather and a turkey feather, and I cut it up and actually uh, turned it into the fletchings on one of my arrows, on one of my compound arrows. And I want to try to take a deer where I, pretty close to where I found that arrow, because I mean where I found that feather because uh, it's a good spot. And so I just set a personal goal. I'm like, I want to try to kill a deer with this arrow. That's cool. So, that's, uh, it's different. So, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, a, yeah. that's a neat goal. I so like that. that's my goal. I Past that, you know, if I get an elk, which I'm going elk hunting, but if I get an elk, you know, finally, you know, but I've had that goal for a little bit now. I have killed uh, one elk, and I've actually lost an elk, unfortunately, due to a rainstorm, and then I've missed an elk. So I've got a couple of elk stories. That's cool. All right, Colton. All right, I'd tell you, my biggest goal for 2018 is going to be taking a deer with my recurve, my RK1. That's, that's a good one. Uh, Never, never done it, and I've never even took it out hunting. I've always wanted to get good enough shooting it before I took it out, before I wounded an animal, you know. Indians but, shot. But, hey, I've shot got it down. Traditional. If it's within yeah. 20 yards and it's brown, that baby's down. Yeah, that's <laughs> cool. Go. That's awesome. And funny backstory, me and Colton met at the expo at, at y'all's booth, and uh, we were kind of talking back and forth, and he kind of knew that I did the kayak thing, and we were talking about where I hunt. And it ended up being only like probably less than a mile as a crow flies Shoot. from where you guys hunt. As soon as I pulled it up on the map, he was like, man, that's where I'm hunting. Yeah. And it, that says a lot about a person, the fact that I'll tell you where I hunt um, after 10 minutes of meeting you. Yeah, you can't go too far telling everybody. Yeah, I know it. I know it. So you want to kill one with a recurve. That's pretty yeah. cool. I like that. I, I like Maybe that. I can get caught Show me how to fletch the mares with them turkey feathers. Well, oh yeah, it's a little harder to find turkey feathers out here. <laughs> oh no, no. Let, let me tell you, you were talking to the turkey expert. Oh yeah, yes sir. The turkey he, whisperer. I got yes, he uh, he. In fact, I have a pretty good bit of feathers he's brought to me. I just hadn't cut them up for him yet, unfortunately. Now, do you are you going to do try to do this all in public? Uh, we'll see how it goes, but yeah, public land. Man, you can go up there and hunt around the bankhead. Heck yeah, dude. Kayak, try to get it done. Yeah, that's a that's a thing that we're gonna do. 
Uh, and if Kyle wants to go too, yeah, we, we can get you. In. We can get borrow a kayak from somebody. Or I think got him one. Yeah, okay. he's already found me one. There he, you go. I'm trying to get him in a saddle. He's trying to get me in a kayak. So, okay. You know, again, this is, Greg, this is the kind of working relationship we have. We just try to make each other's adventures. Now, how many people actually work for New Breed? Uh, we roughly right now. Uh, a little under 10, so uh, because you didn't get to meet the paint shop people or some of the machining, and so yeah, you know, you, you basically came to the final assembly, but about 10 by the time you include, and there's some back end office people too. Okay, that. you That's sort of cool. came late today, no. yeah, <laughs> anyway. man, work, <laughs> yep, oh, W E R K, um, but as Rihanna spells it. That's, uh, you know, that's where we want to be. You don't need a large crew to do what we're doing. We are customer service oriented. Um, And so you asked me earlier that we could talk a little bit about where we want Newbreed to go. And uh, I'd say that when I speak, I I speak for everybody. You know, it's not just Kyle's way or no way. You know, there's other people involved. And then I consider Colton and Renee and the rest of the crew that, you know, they all have a say-so in what we do. Um, Which what I like about it is that every one of us hunt. So if you call Newbreed, you're talking to a hunter. It's not like Kyle went and got a baseball player to come in here and build some bows. You know? <laughs> well, we all know baseball players aren't real hunters, no, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. But uh, we all tournament. And, of course, he's being a little modest. He also shoots tournaments, so he follows the tournament trail. we got one coming up this weekend. Um, so Are you all shooting the one in Coleman? Yeah. Oh, yeah. St. Bernard? Oh, yeah. Now, okay. So I'm the guilty party here. I have quit tournament shooting. I'm the booth sitter. Um, I try to hang out in the booth because I try to do the sales and making sure everybody's happy. But Colton is still very active and up and coming in that community. And I'm sort of the old guy that said, you know, I better get out when I can. So I did, you know, <laughs> let these young guys come in here and show me how it's done. That's cool. Um, so it's cool to watch watch them do that. Uh, but, you know, the goals that we have, we really, I think, going back to this consumer direct model is just to stay more connected with the people that are using our product. We we get emails, Facebook messages, Instagram messages, comments. Um, you know, people are always just wanting to let us know how well they enjoy our product. And, uh, you know, it's nice to get that feedback. I, I will say this, you know, we cannot please everyone. I'm never going to be the guy that says, hey, you know, we're going to please it, you know. But I will say if you go and do a little research on our company, we please 90% of the people. And you know what? If we can get 90 to 99% of the people happy, that 1%, I, you know, I apologize if we can't please you, but maybe it just wasn't meant to be. And so, uh, but if we can do that, man, that's that's what we're out to do. And so I think that's one of our goals is to to really get more into that side and, and see the company really become organic with the people that are using our product. Because we're looking for, you know, we're not just looking for the occasional, let me just run out and shoot a bow two or three times and then go hunting and then throw it down. And we're, we're looking for the serious guy. We're looking for the kayakers, the public land guys. We're looking for the ones that are trying to make their adventure and we want to be part of it. So Man, that's I'd cool. say that's where our goal is. That's cool. I really want to end with that, but I'm going to go around the table. We got a little bit of time left. I'm going to go around the table and see if anybody has either any closing thoughts or final questions for Kyle. So Mike, why don't you start it out? When can I get above? <laughs> uh, yeah, what's your turnaround time? That's that's a well, good question. That, that is a good question because this dynamic has changed a little bit because we are going to have a couple of stock colors, um, what we would call stock, because we know what sells. But for the truly customizable bow, uh, 
we're going to try to keep it within a, a four week window or less. And that's if, if you know anything about customize anything that's hard to do. Um, we used to tell people when they wanted something customized, it was eight weeks. So we're going to try to cut that in half now that we're dealing with you direct. Um, and so we're going to be in that four week window. And then currently right now, I'd say we're in a couple of week, wouldn't you say mm-hmm. probably right a couple, probably right now, because we're sort of ready for you. Now, you know, if I get one, I want the, uh, the American flag in that black and uh, tan looking color. Yeah, we call it desert flag. Oh man, if y'all haven't seen that one, is that on your website? Is that, that color is on our website right okay. now. And Greg, oh, Greg Godfrey has one. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. He's got yeah. the he's got the desert tan or the what did you desert flag? Desert flag. Yep. Greg, old Greg. Oh, I'm old Greg. Um, <laughs> there's a there's a cool story behind that. So I mentioned it. It started with the black and white pattern. And then I knew that I didn't want the white for hunting, and so we put the tan. But really, the other backstory to that is we were doing a project for a wounded warrior uh, situation. In fact, uh, HHA gets behind that. Um, yeah, they they call it the twenty two, or they've got a. I, I hate not to know the program, but it's a warrior games basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were actually doing a bow to give away with the warrior games. We want to support our military and definitely the ones that have uh, been wounded in service for us you know we want to help them out and and so it's our way of of doing that so every once in a while we get asked to do a lot of events and we get asked for to give a lot of product we can't you know we can't do every event but we can pick certain things that we feel like we can hit big groups with and so we really built that bow originally for that and then it just stuck everybody was like oh i love that color and so yeah it's awesome so it's sort of our warrior color you know it's sweet we like it public land warrior yeah there you go that's it all right tyler uh as far as like a direct to consumer, the uh, trade ins y'all can't take trade ins, nothing like that, or no, we're we're not at that level yet. I mean, I, no, I get it. He's a willing, um, he's a barter by trade. Also, <laughs> so what I was getting to was like the local bow shop where I'm from, yeah. uh, Alan Connor. Yeah, uh, he has uh, a lot of new breeds on the shelf. Yep. And uh, could I go trade a bow in to get one of them, or do I have to? I think, I think it's going to be an individual thing on their shop. So let me let me say this. So we mentioned direct-to-consumer calling us up, but we are going to keep out of our dealer network, There's uh, we're going to keep some – now we're going to call them demo centers so they're not dealers. They're really just partnering with us to help us move our product and really because they believe in us. So we're across the United States and um, outside the United States, we actually have a dealer in New Zealand and a couple of others that – we're going to keep as quote unquote demo centers. So they will have bows in stock. So if you're riding, you know, if you're traveling through somewhere and you find one of our demo centers, or if you're lucky enough to live close, like you are to Allen, we'll have those demo centers where you can go try them out and then probably sit right there and place your order for the bow. So we are going to keep, once again, we don't want to cut people off that have been really good to us, but we just got to come up with a way to make it work. And so the demo center, we're going to make sure it works for them and works for us too. So, and will that, that be mind. a will that be a situation where they can't or where where it's not you're not going to see like a marked up price? Is it going to be kind of the same? It'll or be the same be? price. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Every demo center will have the same price. Now yeah. on the uh, the trad, you bows, only hey you only get one closing thought. Uh, go ahead, take it away. Coach. I'm just I'm just kidding. <laughs> go ahead. On the uh, trad bows, you gonna will you ship them out? Let them try them with so much down or holding a credit card? Yep. Same way. Yep, we'll do that 15 day trial on that as well. Right. So. I just want to go ahead and I'm not saying this for sure, but that's probably the most country accent that you'll ever hear on this podcast. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, usually, never mind. No, nah, I won't say it. I don't want to. I don't want to pigeonhole myself. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Last last episode, I said 
I've got tongue tied and I said pigeon my hole. Oh wow. And it, yeah. And it that, that didn't turn out good. Yeah. Okay. Um I love I lo- you know you know what I feel like Tyler adds he he just brings like this like ultra just like your everyday redneck guy. Tyler, what do you do for a living? Uh, chicken farmer. See? There you go. See what I'm saying? Like at least one in the group. Yeah, you, everybody's got to have one. Oh man, Tyler Tyler's a cool Tyler dude. Tyler knows his stuff though. I'll tell he, you that. Yeah. He, Tyler is a a smart man. We went bed hunting the other day, and this dude, he—I mean, he can find them with the best of them. He's just a, just solid dude. Look at he's blushing. I'm not, I'm no he doesn't one. know how to work a camera though. <laughs> if anybody's watched our uh, video. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, Colton. So, let's hear a closing thought. All right, my real closing thought would be: if you ain't shot a new breed, you better get out there and try one. That's about it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Try a new breed. Yeah. All right, and. Uh, I'm going to go now, and we'll let, we'll end on you, Kyle. Does okay. that sound good? Sounds Man, I just want to say that uh, we really appreciate um, you guys letting us come in here and and look and see all the cool stuff that you got going on, um, you know, and hanging out with us. And, uh, man, I, I just want to tell the listener how good of a company this is and how good the people are behind the company. And so as a consumer, I, I just really appreciate that about you guys. I think it's a, I think it's a winning model, and I think y'all are going to do a good job with it. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having us on here. Um, you know, this is just a part of our growth um, to be able to come out and talk about our product. And, you know, the very first thing I told you is I don't want to do an infomercial. So, I, you know, at least maybe you dove in and saw a little bit about who we are, and that's why I'm glad Colton's here too because it's not just me sitting here, you know, reading off some script that I wrote up about how to sell the company because we're not trying to sell you the company what we want to do is is get you involved in our lifestyle that made us build a company so uh it's pretty exciting and I think you guys do the same thing with your podcast you're not you're not on here because you think it's cool to be on a podcast I think you just want to share with what you're doing and so uh that's where we are in the archery world we want to share our experience and and have people have that same feeling that we've got every day that when we wake up to be able to do what we like to do and that's it for another episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. Uh, big, huge thanks to Kyle Knoll for opening up the shop and letting us hang out and shoot bows and kind of bullcrap a little bit and then talk and, and have that awesome conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Uh, we really appreciate New Breed, and I cannot wait to see where this company goes. Uh, I know it's going to be good. I know it's going to be awesome. You can tell that. Uh, by the passion that is in their voice and their passion to bring great customer service to the archery world. I really appreciate those guys. Also really appreciate our partners at Onyx Maps, at Go Wild, and at Tethered Nation. You tethered guys, all you saddle hunters out there probably know by now, but Tethered passed the the weight uh, testing and, and all that cool stuff that they were doing. They passed that, so the shipment should be out very soon. Um, I don't know if y'all saw, but the the Mantis actually broke the machine because it is so strong. So big shout out to those guys. They're making an awesome product, and I cannot wait to sit in my tethered Mantis and stand on my platform, my Predator platform this fall. Um, that's it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. As always, remember God gave you dominion over the birds of the air and the fish of the sea and the beasts of the earth. So make sure you go out and exercise that dominion. You guys have a great week, and I will talk to you next time.